Hello, and welcome back to a brand new fucking shiny ass, fucking marvelous, excelsior motherfucking episode of Dead by Danny. And Dead by Danny is the only podcast on the entire goddamn comic booking, spectacular, amazing, ultimate internet in which your boy, Danny, the guy in the title of the podcast, listens to. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going so well for 30 seconds. Watches Evil Dead 2 f- every day for 30 days. And then records a podcast following the screening of Evil Dead 2 that day for your listening ears. And he accidentally burps in a little bit in his throat. Today's the penultimate episode, boys. And it's an overdue episode. One one I one I I would say has been a long time coming. Now what does that mean? That means if if you're listening at home that I'm talking about the Spider-Man movies. And not only the Spider-Man movies. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I say that like I'm talking about more than just the Spider-Man movies. Uh I'm talking about Spider-Man 2 in particular. <laughs> Why am I talking about Spider-Man 2 in particular? Is it because it's the best in the trilogy? Is it because it might be Sam Raimi's best movie? Is it because it might be one of the best superhero movies of all time? Is it because it's one of the things that it created me as the person I am today from a very young age? Yes, 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 yes. And also, because this podcast is about Evil Dead 2, a sequel in a Sam Raimi trilogy, I feel like it would be fitting to dedicate an episode about the Spider-Man movies directed by Sam Raimi, mostly centered around the second movie in a Sam Raimi trilogy. Now, I watched Evil Dead 2 today. And then, I watched Spider-Man 2 today. And, man, was that a real, serious, honest-to-God motherfucking pick-me-up for this shitty week and shitty couple of weeks, honestly, <laughs> that, that, that we've been having. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> and, and yesterday was a very, very interesting episode of the podcast because... Yesterday was the first ever late episode of the podcast. It was the first ever episode that I didn't record and have up by 7 p.m. on the day it was supposed to come out. No. Yesterday I released a podcast late. It was after 11 o'clock. I almost missed an entire day. That is simply unacceptable. So for today, I wanted to go big or go home. And I present with you to you uh, one of my favorite movies, one of the best superhero movies that also happens to be directed by the same guy who directed one of my favorite horror movies. My favorite horror movie. Let's not fuck around here. <laughs> and we're going to talk Spider-Man 2. Now, to the common folk, Spider-Man 1 is is the revolutionary, amazing superhero movie. I've had discussions with people who are not as in tune to comic books or movies in general who 
make the the assumption that of course spider-man 2 is not as good as spider-man 1 because to the layman the sequel is never as good as the original um <laughs> something that as you grow up you come to learn is simply not true <laughs> because more often than not especially in trilogies the sequel is actually better than the first one and i don't know do i have to really go off on a on a whole ass like tangent about it i can i can just name a couple off at the top of my head the dark knight obviously terminator 2 the most iconic superior sequel <laughs> episode 5 of star wars the empire strikes back is amazing um what's another one the godfather 2 in my opinion is better than the first godfather star trek 2 the wrath of khan is a fucking masterpiece okay way better than the first one mad max 2 way better than the first one <laughs> evil dead 2 way better than the first one okay toy story 2 better than the first one the, what's the second born movie because i remember that one was better than the first one too it the list goes on and on and on okay Goddamn Friday the 13th 2 is better than the first one. We we already talk about the Friday the 13th movies on this one. I, I don't have the highest opinion of them, but I'll admit it when I when I see it. The second one is in my opinion stronger than the first one. So, what makes Spider-Man 2 so special and stand out as one of the better sequels to an already amazing movie? I think the first Spider-Man movie is really good and really fun to watch and just an amazing movie to show your kids amazing movie to show anyone someone who's into spider-man someone who's into the new avengers movies show them one of these movies and they'll really they'll really appreciate it i think um and if not you can just karate chop them in the throat but spider-man 2 follows peter parker as a college kid living in new york uh and he has to be spider-man at the same time i'm going to spoil spider-man 2 if you haven't seen spider-man 2 i don't know what's wrong with you um fix that problem and watch spider-man 2 <laughs> but yeah it, it it really focuses on peter and i think in my opinion from from the movies i've seen from the raimi films i've seen uh the spider-man films are where he really honed back in that evil dead campiness and funness of that that he had in those films because in the 90s there was a stretch of films he made that were all you know pretty serious uh dramas or he made a western which i actually haven't seen he made a, a, a drama about a baseball player like very uh just kind of serious movies dramas and 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 movies with a tone that you wouldn't expect to be necessarily funny right but then we, we get to Spider-Man, the Spider-Man series, and those movies are iconically fun, campy, exaggerated, zany movies. And they were massive movies as well, and they're very original. And I, I think a lot of the times we forget how just different these movies were, how revolutionary they kind of were in a way, because we really have been swamped with so many, so many superhero movies. And I don't want to go into that discussion, but but none of them really feel 
like these movies. And these movies feel both like comic books and when looked at through the lens of the modern comic book movie, feel like real movies, you know, because there's real sets and the action is visceral, you know, and it's and the characters are very, very like uh, like they're, they're very real, you know, especially in this movie. Peter Parker is the main character in this movie. It's about Peter Parker's struggle. It's about who he is as a person and who he wants to be as a man you know he's not a kid anymore he's he's living on his own he has to work he has to he has to deal with life and death situations as spider-man while also trying to be a regular man he's trying to be the man that he wanted to, to make his that that would have made his uncle proud and to see that struggle happen in this movie is very very interesting and very different you know everyone loves to talk about how great the batman movies are but do we ever really care about bruce wayne as a man right like bruce wayne as a man might be one of the least interesting parts of any of those batman movies as a matter of fact i don't even think he had much of a character outside of being batman which i don't think is entirely that interesting and it's one thing about batman and about batman movies that i find to be so one-dimensional why is he just batman you know there's no the man behind the mask is essentially nothing you know it's very one batman as batman is very well developed you know and is very interesting but batman Bruce Wayne himself is not interesting, you know, and in a lot of a, a very lazy way that a lot of writers do to write their way out of that. In some stories, it works. In some stories, the whole Bruce Wayne is more obsessed with being Batman than he is being Bruce Wayne can work in advantage to the story. If you, But I feel like it's so tired and so lazy and so played out that I feel like we're overdue for a Batman movie that focuses on Bruce Wayne as a man like this movie focused on peter another thing that that i think is very great about this movie is is it very it's very emotional and i think these movies are very endearing and and you get really invested in all of the characters especially the villains and especially uh peter parker because essentially for three movies straight he's just getting shit on by everyone and the cards that he's been dealt by life are really just not not great cards, you know. He he he's constantly being put down, losing jobs, uh, watching the love of his life get married to somebody else, seeing his friends become more successful than him, losing opportunities because of his responsibility as Spider-Man. All of these things are very tragic to watch, and it, that's why it seems like the scene where Ursula offers him the cake and is nice to him are so touching and why scenes like when he becomes when he gives up being spider-man and he has to he has that montage where he just is able to be peter parker and you see how well he could be doing in his life and how 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 he finally is able to get off of his chest to aunt may what he knows about uncle ben's death and 
that that scene is really 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 hard to watch uh, I get like a lump in my throat even just thinking about it but but man like you really care about Peter Parker more than Spider-Man and that's one thing I think these movies did really great and especially this movie I think with this movie did it perfectly where we see Spider-Man as a man first with wants and needs and a real life that he in and in problems and flaws and all of these things and then we get to see some of the best goddamn action in any fucking Marvel movie you know like these Marvel movies have great action and all and the great special effects and all these great things you know when I watch a Marvel movie I'm like wow there was some great special effects in that and some cool action. I really like the part where Iron Man shot the thing and Spider-Man swung by and Captain America threw his shield. Like, it's all cool and well. But, man, the scenes where Doc Ock fights Spider-Man are not only the best in the trilogy of Spider-Man movies, but just the best in any Marvel movie I can remember, you know? I like some of the action in the X-Men movies, but not all of them, obviously. Like, Days of Future Past has some cool action. Logan has some cool action. The Wolverine has some really cool action. Um, uh, like, like, there's some really cool Marvel movie action scenes, but none of them are as elegant. Or I think Spider-Man Homecoming has some really cool action. I really love Spider-Man Homecoming, but this is not the podcast to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm I'm already stretching by talking about Spider-Man 2. But yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home actually had some really good action too. All of the Spider-Man movies have really good action, which is why it's it's so fun to watch this one because this one has especially great action. And and I I have gone so this long without talking about Dr. Octavius yet. Dr. Octavius is man, he is a great villain. He's he's such a such a fun villain to watch and 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 just in that 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 is contributed not only to like i said the great action scenes between spider-man and dr octopus because i mean goddamn the one where they're falling off the clock tower the one where with that clock tower that leads into the whole train scene which is just one of the best action scenes in anything ever you know everyone knows the spider-man holding back the train uh, uh, scene from the very end of the action sequence, the one where he's holding Aunt May outside of the bank. All of the action sequences with Dr. Octopus are insane and beautiful to watch. But not only that, but Dr. Octopus underneath is a very tragic villain because everything that he was doing was for, was essentially for good at first until, you know, his, his, his own, his own creation created the villain in him. His own creation, his wants to forward the world, his the loss of his wife in a very, very violent way. All of these things really contributed to making a believable villain that is not only just believable and tragic and, and, and you know, emotionally investing to watch, but, you know, it, 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 it makes it like you look at him and you're like, yeah, this is a man who's been corrupted by his own creation and has to deal with the, the, you know, the cards that he's been dealt. And on top of that, it, it deals, it, it, it's very dark because he's being controlled essentially by these AI kind of 
arms that if you look into it, there's a lot of layers to that on how he's, um, how he's like, it's really his subconscious that are controlling the arms. And, and on top of that, it's also, uh, dark to see what he does with those arms. And the sequence where he's introduced is commonly known as the evil dead scene, the evil dead scene in the Spider-Man movies, which I find just hilarious that, uh, when he kills the whole room of operators, it's so campy, but it's also fucking terrifying. And I think Sam Raimi, when he made this movie, had a thing for going for the eyes, you know, which is the thing that makes a lot of people unsettled. Like eyeball shit makes a lot of people upset. I think I'm blind to it now. Uh, no pun intended, but but I think I, I'm I'm desensitized to the whole eyeball horror shit because it's in everything. Uh, I actually saw a movie yesterday that I signed an NDA about that had a lot to do with eyeballs and I don't particularly find it that scary or upsetting anymore unless it's done very right and like Dr. Octopus's wife fucking giant shard of glass right through the eye you know the the doctor at the beginning with the buzzsaw claw right in the eye everything is just going right for the eyes in this and it's all sharp jagged pointy metal shit too which doesn't make it any better but um and then there's obviously the easter egg of him grabbing the chainsaw thing to try to fight back and getting fucked off i think that guy is actually credited as the chainsaw doctor and then there's um there's obviously the iconic shot of the nurse being dragged and her nails are scraping up the the wax lining on the floor which that also used to be very upsetting to watch, you know. Stuff with fingernails is always very upsetting. There's a movie, I don't remember what it was called, but I saw it not that long ago, um, where a woman is dragged and she uses her nails to try to keep herself on the floor, but her nails come off of her fingers and they very disgusting. Shit like that makes me upset. But <laughs> And if you get me in the right mood, shit like that will get me upset anyway. But yeah, the, the whole eyeballs and fingernails thing is very upsetting to watch in this movie especially for a kids movie and i think i've gone on longer about the eyeballs and fingernail shit than i have about you know the plot (laughs) but it was very it's so much fun for me to watch evil dead 2 and then go into watching spider-man 2 because i see both of them as the most perfect versions of the first film that Raimi was trying to make. When he made Evil Dead 1, I think Evil Dead 1 is great. When I first watched it, I didn't like it as much as I do now, but I fucking love that movie. That being said, it doesn't hold a candle to Evil Dead 2 in my eyes. And I'm still saying that after watching it 29 days in a row. Excuse me. I I keep having these little hiccups, but... And, And likewise... As much as I think Spider-Man 1 is an amazing movie with a very, very, very fun execution with an awesome villain and this dope visceral action, Spider-Man 2 is... It doesn't even hold a candle to Spider-Man 2. <laughs> if, if the first film is like already so great, it's one of those things where it's like, where can they take the next one but down? But then somehow... They took the next one up and they made it better and they improved. And, and one thing that he does that's, that, that Raimi does with this film is distinctly different from what he did 
with Evil Dead 2 is that he went out of his way to make a different movie following on the story of the first movie, building upon the story of the first movie, making everything continue in a in a realistic, interesting, you know, emotional way. Whereas obviously he was much younger when he did the Evil Dead films and he didn't have the rights to the first film and there was this whole debacle where essentially the second film is retreading and parroting all of the stuff from the first one the 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 which i think works in its favor it's such a distinct clearly different thing from from Spider-Man 2 it it's kind of like that that classic trope of making it bigger and better and different all the stuff from the first one but again something that the Friday the 13th films never learned to not do but he did that with Evil Dead 2 and i think in my opinion, it's great that way. And I think, again, in my opinion, that Army of Darkness, by making it different, is also great. But in Spider-Man 2, he went in a distinctly different way in the blockbuster territory. And he decided to make the the second Spider-Man film a lot more different from the first film. So it doesn't feel repetitive. Because obviously these action movies are going to feel repetitive. So, And if you differentiate them, then you'll get a more interesting byproduct. That's why I think films in these Marvel, DC, superhero movie things are always more interesting when they change it up. I'm personally a fan of Batman versus Superman because it's a very different superhero movie. I, I like, uh, in the same vein, Watchmen, but that's not a sequel. But I, I like the films like Spider-Man Homecoming, which are coming out after there's been fucking 300 Marvel movies and somehow still find a way to feel like its own movie or films like Logan, which is my favorite movie of all time, which is essentially just a sequel to another movie, you know, to another movie like the Wolverine, which is again, one that feels different than the other X-Men movies. And that that's something I can appreciate so much when a movie can differentiate itself enough to have its own identity and to still be interesting from the first or original movie while still feeling like it belongs in tandem with that movie. And I don't think every movie has to be like that to be good, you know. Uh, uh, Terminator 2 is another one. Like, again, it's very similar to the first movie. It changes everything just enough to feel fresh, but it does it, it improves on everything from the first movie. So on the range of things from... I don't know, like Logan being the most extreme change from the X-Men movies to Evil Dead 2 being an exact parody of the first movie. You got, you know, Spider-Man 2 falls somewhere closer to the other side. And I find, I find that, again, like I talked about last episode, that Raimi's range in his films and his storytelling is so captivating to me. And I really appreciate that a director like him didn't box himself into making goofy comedies into making horror movies for the rest of his career because god knows in the future if i if i do get opportunities to direct my own movies to tell the stories i want to tell i don't want to make the same thing over and over again i'm already tired of doing the same thing over and over again while in college and while making short films you know I want I want to make horror movies. I want to make comedies. I want to make dramas. I want to make action movies. I want to do whatever stories I think need to be told. 
but um and and i think a lot of people do i mean a lot of directors who start off in horror branch out you know shazam was directed by a horror director that's a family-friendly movie albeit a really good movie um done by a really talented horror director so that range is impeccable as well of course pony smasher hasn't made many uh feature-length films but the fact that he went from a very good horror movie uh two very good horror films feature films to a very 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 good family-friendly superhero action movie is just impressive and i don't think many people have that range i think people like james wan are in the select few of people who are really in the field to make horror movies as good as he does as well as doing a very unique and original uh funny campy action movie like aquaman but then again someone like james wan mostly makes horror movies so you can have a director who's very, very talented in making original horror movies like James Wan, and and he wants to continue making horror movies, and that's fine, and that's great. Or you can have directors that want to branch out, even if they started and are most recognizable for their work in horror, like Sam Raimi, whose most of his films at this point are honestly not horror movies, but most people know him from either Spider-Man or horror. And I think that's, I feel like, I feel like that's an accomplishment. And of course, a lot of big-time directors and big-time celebrities don't always appreciate uh, being... Okay, uh, they don't... It gets monotonous when they get recognized and talked to about their most popular things. And I think that in Sam Raimi's case, after directing the goddamn Spider-Man movies, he's probably in that field. But then again, he's a very respectable very appreciative person if you see him talk about the spider-man movies today he still speaks about the character about the modern spider-man movies about his spider-man movies with such endearment but there's always that kind of sigh of okay i knew this was coming i knew i had to talk about this so let's get this out of the way and and that being said Let's let's rope it all into to to uh, one one specific thing that he's probably been talked to about a lot in Groovy Time. Groovy. Now Groovy Time today came and went as usual, and I smiled, and I was barely paying attention because I was anticipating watching Spider-Man 2, which I was more eager to watch today than Evil Dead 2. <gasps> Who would guess that I would want to watch a different movie? <laughs> but but yeah um i guess piggyback piggybacking on off of that i think the concept of groovy time itself is essentially what i was criticizing before groovy time segment started today so so i i maybe maybe I, maybe i don't do a groovy no no i have to tomorrow's the last episode i have to do groovy time but yeah like when you th- when you think about it what what is the one thing you see celebrities and actors and creatives tired about when they are working on new projects, when they're trying to promote something that they're very passionate about, and you come up with them and you talk to them and ask about something that is that they did in the past that they're not interested in as much currently because they they're here to talk about the thing that they're excited about now. And you want to know about the thing they were excited about in the 80s. And yeah, 
they're still excited about it. They still loved it. They were passionate enough to make it, and they're grateful that it brought them the fortune that they have today. But I'm not, I'm not trying to speak on anyone's behalf. I'm just trying to say I can understand why someone might not be as enthusiastic about something like this, something like this podcast, which is why people like Bruce Campbell and people like, yeah, people like Bruce Campbell as much as he loves the character of Ash has to put it down sometimes. You know, he made a whole movie called my name is Bruce trying to differentiate himself from Ash Williams. People like Jay Muse, the guy who plays Jay and from Jay and Silent Bob. He made a whole ass movie about trying to branch out from being Jay. And that's, literally the thing you know that's the thing he still does to this day he still is jay he they made a jay and silent bob movie last year i loved it i watched it opening day but still sometimes people want to be recognized outside of the one thing you know them from and just like that because this podcast has gone so severely off the rails i want to leave you with this if you like the content if you like what you're hearing, this podcast is almost done. Tomorrow will be the last episode of this podcast. So if you want to see more of my content, you can go to my Instagram at DCR Films. From there, you can go to my YouTube or you can just like my memes or whatever. If you want to see stuff that I find particularly interesting or particularly funny, I like to share that stuff over on my Twitter at Dan Reguino. And if you want to go to the host of this podcast, the one website where you can find all the information you need, all the platforms we're on, you can find the goddamn episodes there yourself. You can go to anchor.fm slash dead by Danny. Again, that's anchor.fm slash dead by Danny. And as always, I would greatly appreciate it if you told your friends to come get some and swallow this podcast thank you very much for the penultimate time and i'll see you tomorrow